You are listening to the KPMG Insurance Insights 360 podcast. I'm your host, Sierra Nicholson. Joining me now are Matt McCory and Melanie Henderson, two members of our KPMG insurance practice. Matt and Melanie, you know, you know that you've both had a lot of conversations with our clients in in recent weeks, maybe more than than normal as we all navigate, you know, this this unique situation. I just want to start out the conversation by level setting. Do you do you feel like this environment is one of challenge or opportunity for insurers? Sarah, great question. I actually think it's both, uh, depending on the circumstances for the insurers. Um, And I'll give a couple examples, and I'm sure Melanie could jump in as well. You know, when you look at the commercial side of the business, um, and we have other sides as well, um, there's a lot of challenge right now around small business, on the, on the lower side of that middle market business as a lot of these companies that they insure are being disrupted. And what's the bounce back period going to be for those types of businesses if this prolongs uh, for some time? And as you know, those, those smaller uh, market organizations and sort of the lower end of that middle market, it's very much a cash flow business. You know, you're talking... 50 people or less, upper ends of like 400 people. They're very challenged in this in this period as doors are being shut and the work at home and, and the isolation is occurring. There's also opportunities that, that people see. So I'm, I'm looking at, you know, the employee benefit side of the business, the voluntary benefit side of the business, as they reach out to certain segments, health, teachers, et cetera. You know, are there new products that we could roll out? There's a lot of talk about, you know, personal disruption insurance. You know, can we fit that into a, a new product set that says, you know, if an event like this happens and it occurs at a certain magnitude and I can't, I can't get back to work and I've got to get my kids home from school and I need to do additional homeschooling versus just the videoing, like how do I cover all those unforeseen uh, expenses? And lastly, before I hand it off to Melanie, I would say what's happening on the life and retirement side is sort of both worlds, right, depending on their uh, investment situation and how they've hedged against some of these market conditions, you know, they might be good, they might be bad, right? And if you have a retirement book because of the CARE Act, uh, there's a lot of concerns on making sure the clients in those institutions understand, yet, yes, if you're in hardship, you could withdraw funds at no penalty, but is that the right thing to do, meaning don't withdraw more than you need? How do we care for that person and make sure they're making the right decisions? What's the best advice? So I think it really is a tale of, of both worlds. And what I think when you look at the consumer side of the business, you see that this might be an opportunity for carriers to reach out to their customers and make sure that they have the products and services they need in any time of disturbance or disruption like we're going through right now. Consumers might be thinking about their financial well-being, their health and well-being, and that is an opportunity for carriers to see how they can help their customers with better planning for the, for their financial security, for their wellness and their health, making sure that they feel comfortable and secure, that they can take care of themselves and their loved ones. We're seeing lots of innovation on the PNC side where new products are emerging in places where carriers haven't had uh, offerings in the past, but beyond this disruption of business, um, we see a carrier offering 
protection for customers who are being asked by their businesses to deliver services. So a waiter, a waitress, or a store clerk who may have provided services in a storefront is now being asked to use their vehicle to deliver goods and services. And an auto carrier may not have covered that before, but now they're extending that service. And on the life and annuity side, the idea of an individual addressing their mortality and thinking about how they care for their loved ones in, a, in an event that they're no longer around, or financial security, if they have retirement and they have health needs that they didn't anticipate, will they have the money and the income they need to cover those medical costs? These are all questions that consumers are probably feeling where the carrier would have permission to talk to their customer about ways they can help them meet those needs. Yeah, Melanie, I've, I've got to imagine that a lot of people have maybe taken a second look at at what their um, at how at what their coverage looks like, right? Um, and how well prepared they are for for situations like this. So that's a great point that you know there's definitely a role for insurance carriers to play um, in this situation. Are you seeing any compelling examples of of innovative offerings to meet the some of the evolving needs that we're seeing right now? Yeah, I would add definitely from the brand side, um, the permission that a company might have to offer um, a way to respond to in the marketplace right now is there. We're seeing companies in mass media advertising ways that they're trying to help, and, and it may be not necessarily in their space, but they have permission in an adjacent space. We see brewers. Um, converting their uh, machinery in order to make alcohol and making hand sanitizers because it's one of those areas where consumers are demanding uh, hand sanitizer and they can't get enough of it. We're seeing clothing retailers um, converting their manufacturing to create cloth face masks and other type of PPE devices to help our healthcare providers and medical workers because those are in um, scarce supply. So there's definitely an opportunity at a time of crisis for a company to show how they're trying to help solve the problem and leverage what they have and speak to their customers so that when these times pass, and we know that they eventually will, that the customer has a greater sense of loyalty and trust for that brand. I think we have to also balance the opportunities. And we talked earlier about, you know, there's some discussion on uh, more of the employee benefit and the life side of some new products that could help people out in these periods. I mentioned this idea of personal disruption insurance. And they're working on that. And Mel, your example was fantastic around just the local businesses and shifting that workforce to help and protect them doing it. But also we have to be balanced with, you know, with the government and, and local government and federal government involved, there's a lot of concern on the commercial side. And, the big concern, and I'm sure all of you have heard about it, is, you know, our insurers going to be on the hook for business di disruption insurance. So it's one thing that the pandemic is is excluded from the terms and conditions, but, hey, wait a minute, what if the governor comes in and says, I cannot work? You know, which way is there? And could one possibly be business, pure business disruption versus just the pandemic? And if insurers are uh, having to carry some of that burden, that would really potentially disrupt the market. And no matter what occurs out of the situation, even if they don't and it works out legally, perhaps they won't have to, there's going to be a brand perception on insurers very similar in a way, I feel, to what happened in the financial crisis with investment firms, wealth firms, Wall Street firms, because people are starting to view insurers as, why aren't you paying 
for the loss of my ability to work? Like, why isn't that workers' comp? Why isn't it business disruption? And that's going to be a challenging thing perception-wise, however it works out for some of the insurers to work through. You both, you both touched on something that was interesting, which is this idea of uh, perception of what insurers should be doing, right, whether or not it's explicitly covered in, in the policy and potential brand damage based on, you know, the, the insured's perspective on what they should be doing. Um, do you see coming out of this uh, sort of a, a sharper focus or a, a re different focus on, on the way that policies are written and the, and the types of products that are offered? Well, I, I think I see a few things, and, and I, I think you're hitting on one point. And maybe I would take a step back. I think this time is going to have a lot of our carriers reflect on just how do I continuously try to think about my role and not just to the shareholder. So there's a role there, but what's my new story to the street and to others about everything, you know, the shareholder, the customer, my people, the constituents I impact every day? I think there's some real opportunity there, right? So yes, do I think we're going to go back and look at certain products, whether it's critical illness, whether it's accidental health, accident or health or aspects of adding on features to a particular product, or Mel just pointed out, you know, how do I change a product because I've got a manufacturer or coverage because I, I did automobiles and now I'm doing ventilators, right? Critically important. But at the same time, I think our carriers are going to start to look at what else am I doing to make this a better holistic picture. And some people do that, some of our carriers do that really well. I think others are still on that journey and there's opportunity to sort of round out that story. You know, the other thing I would say is I think insurers, especially in this time when we talk about growth and whether I wanted to go, and that was very much the mantra two or three months ago before this hit us, what are they doing with their distribution, sales, and marketing teams now? Right, there's an, there's an instant response side of that that's occurring to say, let me first just reach out to the folks I insure to make sure they're okay, right? There's not a business reason to reach out other than I want to make sure you're okay, your families are okay, we'll make it through it. Then they're trying to give advice to make sure that they plan and manage around the situation, right? And they want to make sure they steer them in the right direction wholeheartedly so they protect their lives, protect their business, et cetera. What that marketing distribution sales organization is doing now is a very, very hot topic I've seen with clients because a lot of stuff has slowed down. How do you re-gear that? What's it going to look like in three months, two months, eight months? Are we as efficient as we should be? What digital capabilities should we use in this new environment? How should we carry that forward to the future? I just think it's a, it's a great pause and a silver lining to some of this that some of these carriers can really focus on that and see where that's going for the next operating model of the future. I, I agree, and I would say this um, this last month has required everyone to address and find ways around the digital infrastructure, the logistical challenges and operational challenges, and even the human resistance that we've been fighting for the past uh, five, ten years to truly enable a digital workforce. And out of necessity, we've most carriers now have managed to address, you know, how do I enable everyone's job in a digital way 
and that includes their distribution channels as well as people who work in the middle and the back office. There's very few jobs that I've heard about which have required people to go into the office, one of which happens to be the mailroom because people still send physical mail. But for the most part, um, 80 to 90 percent of the workforce are now working from home with the internet connectivity that they need and the other tools uh, necessary for them to do the majority of the bulk of the work of their job. And if there is a, a silver lining to this, it's that I believe there's going to be a massive acceleration once um, the shelter-in-place restrictions and travel restrictions are lifted because now we have figured out and we've knocked down that, that last mile of infrastructure and those hurdles and we'll be able to do more and, and people will be more receptive to operating in a, in a virtual and digital world. So it, there is um, a lot of pain that's happened in the past months to, to make it happen, but out of necessity, some of those decisions and some of those hurdles have been knocked down and now we'll, I believe, see the next generation or the next round of um, digital transformation in our businesses because we'll have figured that out. Can I go back on one of the things yep. that, Matt, that Matt said around the regulatory environment? Because I think it's worth noting for those who followed the banking crisis, financial crisis with the CFPB, the Fed, and the OCC, regulators have looked at insurance carriers, um, but the public... I, I think, hadn't been so damning to the insurance sector as much. And very recently, people have been asking, don't carriers have an obligation to protect society? And the government's been asking, don't carriers have an obligation to cover more, more risk? Um, and I think it creates a little bit of uncertainty around how do they plan for risks they don't know they have or how do they plan for exposure that can be, you know, on the pandemic scale. And I think we will see changes in, um, you know, reinsurance in global markets and the regulatory requirements that, that carriers are going to be held to and to sort of address that um, public responsibility or, or uh, I don't know, Matt, what would you call it, the, the social responsibility behind the, the risk protection? We saw a little bit of it with the fiduciary responsibilities around advisors. This might get regulators looking differently at the role insurance companies in general provide to society, not just healthcare insurance providers, but all of them. So if we think about health insurers specifically, do you think that the COVID-19 pandemic will change the conversation about certain employers being required to provide healthcare insurance for employees? I think it's going to put it towards the front of the conversation. I think there's always been pressure for employers to provide employees health insurance. Um, and I think the cost of health care in the United States can be burdensome for people who have underlying health conditions. It makes it very difficult to get affordable care. Um, and when you have something like a pandemic, or, you know, an illness that can take out such a large percentage of a workforce, you've got to think about how the employer not only addresses their business continuity, but cares for their employees as well. So I do think it will drive some conversations about the, the relationship that employers have with employees, given that half the U.S. population gets their health care from their employers. Yeah, I think it's going to just continue what I will say is one of the great debates of our nation for some time. 
uh, and I think Melanie described it well. You know, for, for most companies, I think it's to your point, Melanie, over 50%, just a little bit over, employees do get their health insurance from their employers. But at the other end of the market, these small businesses, lower end to medium-sized businesses, healthcare is very expensive. You know, and a lot of these are contract-based or different types of a base of employer or employee, and it's just not affordable, right? So it's, you know, the dull debate of, you know, what gets the economy running and booming, you know, obviously it's a combination of both. So I think it will put it back into the, the conversation, not that it left, given that we're in a political election year, uh, but it will be interesting to, to see what comes out of it. All right. Thank you both so much for your time. It was great spending a little time with you talking about growth opportunities for insurers in this, in this current environment. You've given us a lot to think about. Thank you. You have been listening to the KPMG Insurance Insights 360 podcast. For more insights, visit listen.kpmg.us slash insurance insights 360.